This is Sarah Haller, and you're listening to Found Pearls. Each week, I talk with one guest who shares with us their pearls of truth that can hopefully help you on your journey through life. Edgar Allan Poe, the famous poet of the 19th century, in his poem Annabelle Lee, captured the life-altering grief that can accompany the death of a loved one. The poem depicts a couple, deeply in love, who is eventually separated by the death of the woman, Annabel Lee. The final stanza reads, For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee, and the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And so, all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulchre there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Many of us, when faced with the horrendous loss of someone we deeply loved, similarly hang on to our beloved and figuratively lay down in their tomb, as the poem depicts, unable to know how to move forward against the crushing loss. I sat down with Janine Davis, who is also my mom, to get her insight as to how to cope with the debilitating loss of a loved one. Here is her story. So when I was 14 years old, my mother, um, was who was my dearest friend and greatest confidant. Um, she had been healthy all of her life. She was 40 years old and she had taken a group of girls down a trip about an hour away from our home and she got a headache that was so debilitating she couldn't even she couldn't drive, and so she had to lay down in the back of the car, and so she knew there was something really wrong. And these headaches got progressively worse, and um, she went to see a doctor, and they found out that she had an aneurysm, which is a blood clot in the brain. And so they, um, they decided that they better operate and so they had scheduled an operation and before the operation could be performed about a week before she went in to wash her hair and leaned over the tub to wash her hair and the aneurysm burst and so they rushed her to the hospital and she was still coherent but they knew that they needed to operate in order to save her life and so I was going to a girls' camp the next day, and I went to the hospital to see her. And so I went there, and she told me she really wanted me to go, and that everything would be okay, and that she would see me when when I got home. And so we hugged and told each other we loved each other, and and that turned out to be the last time that I saw her. And, um, and so, um, I went to camp and during that camp she was operated on 
and the operation didn't go well and the greater part of the aneurysm burst and so she no longer had brain function and my brother and his wife came to get me at camp and just told me that it didn't look good and that she probably wouldn't make it. And I remember in that car um, feeling such despair and, and loneliness at losing that the person that meant everything to me in my life. And um, I couldn't imagine going on without her. Because she had encouraged me, she had built me up, she had made me feel like I could do anything. She had given me the confidence to do well. She um, would always tell me, do your best, do your very best, because you, you can do it. And you are good at so many things. And she made me feel that I could do anything. Um, so the thoughts of losing her was just overwhelming. I went home, and I never saw her again because my dad encouraged me not to see her because basically she wasn't really there. And the family got together and decided that that they would let her go, that they would turn the machines off because her heart was very strong and they knew that she wouldn't want to live that way because it really wasn't living. And so they turned the machines off and she passed away within minutes. She was only 40 years old and I was 15 at the time. And... Um, it's something you just never imagined you could go through. And as I look back on it, it's um, a foggy, unreal kind of a thing. I was the youngest of four children, so that left me home with just me and my dad. My other siblings were married, and one of them was... Well, one was married, and one was soon to be married, and one was the other was going off to college. So it felt very very lonely, hard time, and very, very hard on my dad, who was a very quiet man, and he aged so much in just that short, short few months that she was sick, and then having her go. So what would your advice be to someone who has lost a loved one? How do you get over it? How do you, how do you be happy again? How do you move on from something so debilitating like that? I've heard it said, and I've seen graphs that show the most stressful things in life. And number one is losing a spouse or a mother, a father, a child. It's a very, very hard thing because your whole world is, is turned upside down, basically, and you kind of think you can't go on. And I remember thinking that, that I just, I didn't want to go on. And I remember well-meaning people saying to me, well, God just needed her more than you needed her. Um, 
people say a lot of things and that did not make any sense to me that anyone needed her more than I did. So that was hard. It's hard to know what to say to someone in that place in their life unless you've been through it. And I would say to people that are trying to help someone grieving like that to simply listen and to simply say that you're sorry. I think those are the most meaningful things that you could do. It meant a lot to my dad and I to um, have people come and, and just acknowledge how sorry they were. Um, because I remember looking out the window one day and seeing that people were just doing regular things like they had always done. And yet my world was not the same at all. And um, so to just acknowledge that someone is hurting and that you understand and that you're sorry, even if you don't understand. Um, the thing that gets you through is that there's people there that can help and will help and you need to let them into your, into your world. I had a lot of good friends that just kept being good friends with me, even though they didn't understand what I was going through. Um, we had neighbors that were so good to us that, that brought meals and, and just made life better, even though it was still hard. Um, you have to know that this person that has gone on is still there, that they are there, they're still living, and I feel that with all my heart. There is a power from that person that has gone on that they are still an influence in your life. And one of my children in particular has, has said how much he has felt my mother in his life, her spirit, her influence. And so the influence they have is real, whoever that person is. Um, my husband, Glenn, is a, has been a bishop in our church. And he has, he has done funerals for about 38 different people. And he said, almost without exception, Many of them were old. I would say all of them were older when they died. They all saw someone come to get them. And different family members. And over and over he heard that from the person before they went. And what an amazing thing to learn and to know that there is someone there for that person when they go. Um, that is a great comfort to know that. I think it would be really hard to think that this was it, that this was it, the end, because it isn't. And so that's a great comfort to know that I will see my mother again. Um, and I know that completely and totally that I will see her again. And I don't know when, but um, I will. 
so that gets you through. Um, the other thing that gets you through is that time does heal and that as time marches on, you will feel better about this and you will feel peace. The Savior, Jesus Christ, has given us that peace and he's paid the price for us to live again. And so that is a comfort and it's still a comfort to me. I think often when someone dies, we feel that we don't want to let the memory of them go. And so we hold on to that grief. But truthfully, that person that went on would not want that to be the case. They wouldn't want us to do that. They want us to live. They want us to give. They want us to be a part of, of life. And so they want us to be stronger because of it. And I can honestly say this many years later, 40 plus years later, that I am a stronger person because I lived through that. Because I had to face that and I had to, um, I had to be responsible for things that I wouldn't have been if my mother was alive. And I had to be there for my dad. And I wanted to live right. I wanted to be good because that's what she would have wanted for me. She would have wanted that, me to live that way. So it is something that we can be stronger for and move forward in our lives. I like what you shared about being good and, and how the person that has passed on wants us to be the best version of ourselves. I think also it's a good reminder to be aware of people that are suffering and going through hard things because my mom's story is not an unusual one. There are a lot of people that have lost people that are close to them and and being aware of others is so important. So another aspect of this story was soon after Maxine's death, my grandpa, he soon after remarried. Could you talk a little bit about that and maybe any advice to families that are in that situation that have a spouse remarry and uh, some sort of a step parent is put into the picture? Any, any advice about that? So about nine months after my mother died, uh, my dad was very, very lonely. And someone had lined him up with um, a woman, a friend of theirs, and they started dating, and they fell in love, and they married. And I was 15 years old, and that was very, very hard for me, mostly because I was still grieving and missing my mom, and suddenly you have someone else come and move into your home. It's with good intentions to help you and to help the family. Um, but being 15 and immature, I did not handle that very well. And I didn't really want another person to be in my life. Um, that was hard. It was hard to have someone else that I had to try to learn to love and to um, build a relationship with. So I look back now and I'm sorry for the way that I handled it, but it was just the way it was. And um, my dad 
he did the right thing, and that was that he nourished this new marriage, and that was of utmost importance to him. And because of that, they were married for 43 years. And, and I honor him for that now. At the time, it was very hard. And I wish that I had done things differently, but I didn't. And um, I think for most families, it's a really hard situation to bring people in that you don't know. Um, the advice I would give to new stepmothers is the, to remember that the family whether a divorce or a loss of a spouse, they are carrying their own grief, um, their own hard things to that situation, and to be patient with it and not try to be the person's, the children's mother. And it can come in time, but to begin with, it, you need to just be there to support and to love the person you've just married. And to just be patient that the relationship can come, but not to have too high of expectations. Many, many years later, probably 30 years later, I had truly come to the point of wanting to repair that relationship with my stepmother. And so I did that. And we basically forgave each other and decided to move forward in a really positive, good way. And I wished I had done that many, many years earlier. But but people will do it when they're ready to do it. And when she did die, I I loved her. And I took care of her as she got older. And that was a really good thing. And she's a really good person. And it often has nothing to do with that person, how they are, but just the situation is a hard one. And so I think if all, if everyone involved is patient and more loving, more forgiving, that can really help the relationship a lot. So to all those who have lost a loved one and are feeling deep grief, there is a lot of hope and a lot of good things that will happen. I remember my youngest son was worried because I had lost my mother. He was worried that I would die. And I could reassure him with every single thing I have that life can be good even when bad things happen. Life can be great. And your life will go on. And you can decide how you're going to do that. If you're going to go into deep depression or if you are going to be better than you were before and make a great life and be happy and just know that you will be happy again and you can be happy again and good things will happen. Know that there is a plan for this earth there is a plan for all of us to see our loved ones again, that there is good things in this life. And that's what I would say and what I have learned from this hard experience.